You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl. We made it, my friend. We've just finished the final day of the 2020-2021 Premier League season. We're recording this episode live on Twitter Spaces. We'll recap the key storylines of Championship Sunday, including that final push for the top four from Liverpool, Chelsea and Leicester, before taking some questions from our followers at the end. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, Robbie Earl. Wow. Fun day, mate, wasn't it? Uh, lots Always. of uh, energy around, particularly in the studio. We had a full studio. Um, we were expecting, we were hoping for a little bit of drama with the three teams that we focused on. And to be fair, we got a little bit of it. Let's, let's kind of just go through, I guess, quickly, Rob, and, and kind of how it kind of panned out the day. And I suppose let's take it, I guess, game game to game, because then we can give some mm. on the teams, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with Liverpool. That I think yeah. everybody, us included, expected them to win today. They've got into a situation today somehow through a goalkeeper scoring late and another team's messed up results over the last few weeks. But was there any doubt today, Rob, with what you saw? And again, we're looking at all the games kind of going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, but Liverpool looked fairly comfortable after that first goal went in. Fairly comfortable. What I would say, Rob, is probably 10 to 15 minutes in the game, Andros Townsend broke away from oh, the Liverpool yeah. defence and had a one-on-one with Alisson. And he screwed his shot wide of the post. If that goes in, Rob, yeah. it would have been interesting. It would have been a really interesting situation for Liverpool, who had the 10,000 fans in there, who dominated more of the possession, who missed a couple of chances... Um, so we had to wait till I think it was 36 minutes before Sadio Mane hooks a ball in off a corner. It was a bit of a scruffy goal, but you just felt as though everything settled after that. And only two wins in the last 11 uh, home games in the Premier League for Liverpool. So form hadn't been great at Anfield. There was, there was some nerves, but having come off the run of the four straight wins, 
Jurgen Klopp said they, they played a semi-final against Burnley and won 3-0. And that was a game I think many thought might be laced with, with yeah. jeopardy. Mm. To, to go on today and, and get the job done in, I wouldn't say comfortable fashion, because I don't think you have a comfortable at 1-0 up against a team like Palace have got players who can have moments. But they did it in a way that was assured they get them third place and brings them Champions League football. And, and the bigger picture for this, Rob, and I'll zoom my research, is that They've had, you know, last couple of seasons have been brilliant with it with the Champions League win, just missed out on the title. They win the title last season, the first time in 30 years. Getting top four was just as important for this football club this time around. To, to keep that kind of momentum at the football club going, to, to get over the injuries and, and all the problems they've had this year with the COVID situation and no fans, to guarantee Champions League football for the football club next season with the money it brings, with the profile it brings, with the continual um, improvement in the football club, I thought was really, really important. Yeah, I think when you look back over the last few weeks, Rob, I think important players have stepped up, stepped up where they haven't had great seasons. I'm thinking of Roberto Firmino coming into this game was three goals in his last three in the Premier League. I look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, Rob, over the last couple of weeks, looks a different player. Whether it's the England thing where he's in, he's, he might not make the squad, by the way, and that's going to be announced really quickly, I think, now. Mm, yeah, but him, you know, Mo Salah's continued to score goals. Firmino was the one, though, wasn't it? Because Sadio Mane got the first goal today, wasn't it? it? Hasn't had a great kind of season. But again, the last few weeks, his numbers are, are much better. So when they really needed it, and when they really needed these five wins on the spin, which they haven't got all season, and I, I think I said maybe a couple of weeks ago, Rob, um, like I'm not sure Liverpool are going to do it. I just don't know whether they can be secure enough defensively to enable them to get the goals to win games. And I thought they would draw some. So... They've proved me wrong. They found their top level again, their top form. Well, actually, I'm not sure it's their top form, but form good enough to win those five games and get them in a situation now where they finished third, didn't they? Third, yeah, finished third. Table and got the job done at Anfield uh, with fans there. We saw Jurgen Klopp looking pretty tense, i got to say, before the game. But I think once the first goal go in, and I said in the show, Rob, at the start, once a second goal goes in for Liverpool, that's when they can relax and take a breath because... You know, I, I don't think, I think we, we maybe think that Palace could have got a goal. You said Andrew Townsend yeah. went through, of course, mm. he could have scored that. But I think when you're two up at Anfield, then I don't think they're going to blow that. So they, they did get the job done, comfortable for them. Um, mm. Just just on the bigger picture of Liverpool, Rob, now into the close season. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean? Does this mean, I think we should probably expect a couple of signings, Rob. I don't think yeah. they've a ton of money. But are we are we confident that under Jurgen Klopp, the next season they can absolutely regroup and go again and have that total change? You know that Van Dyke, Rob, you know all things being well, should be absolutely mm-hmm. fine. He should have a full preseason, should be ready to go. Is it going to mean that they jump straight into being challengers, Rob, or is there something else has dropped off that would have you concerned for next season? It's uh, a really good question. Um, I think Jurgen Klopp, with what we saw with the finish of this season, of the five straight wins, thinking beaten in the last seven now, um, the front players looking like it was coming back. As you said, one or two things starting to click into gear. Fabinho, I thought it, it, his presence was so important in midfield in the last few things. There's a few things that have fell into place. Uh, other teams will get better, Rob. Other teams will spend money, yeah. Um, yeah. which is a bit of a worry. But I suppose when you think of the players returning, if they get back to full fitness, with one or two additions, 
and a little bit of a Jurgen Klopp's not liked this this season from for long parts where his team haven't been playing well, where he's he's got a bit prickly. And one thing I would say, Rob, and, and Jurgen Klopp alluded to something this week, which I wasn't particularly sure. I'm not sure how, what game he was playing in terms of saying it. If Liverpool, if Man City have had all the injuries that Liverpool have had, they wouldn't have won the title, wouldn't have coped in the same way. And, and uh, I'm going to point to one 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 player, Rob, who I think deserves special mention because he's a special footballer. And and I'll I'll start with Manchester City buying Ruben Diaz and sticking him in the centre of their back line. Change their football club. Change their football club. Mm. One of the, the milestones of this season was Virgil van Dijk's injury in the Merseyside derby. So Man City have plug in Diaz to what they've got and make them better. Liverpool lose, go, lose van Dijk, as well as Gomez and Matip, and we know the mid people. But losing Virgil van Dijk right there was yeah. something too, too big for them to get over. And, and those are the kind of players that are difference makers, Rob. You know, where Manchester had their guy, Liverpool didn't. Shall we move on to Aston Villa versus Chelsea, Robbie Earl? And uh, gosh, you know, when you look back at it now, and we've, I mean, we're fresh out the studio, really. Yeah. But to think that those three games, I remember the first thing I think maybe I said on air today was like, well, we expect all three to win. Two mm. lost. Yeah. Two lost. Yeah. Chelsea lost. And of course, mm. when Leicester City were two one up, Chelsea were out out of the top four spots, and we got images of, of Tuchel and, and and looked like he was going to blim and explode. He looked so yeah, yeah. And, and anxious. Um, they, of course, they made it in there, Rob. And you know, we know they got the Champions League final coming up on Saturday. Yeah. Um, listen, we've spoke a lot about Villa on this podcast and how impressed we've been with them. I think again. We expected this to be maybe the toughest because Villa at home with their fans. Jack Greenish is fit, fired up again. Ollie Watkins is a constant threat. Um, are you still, though, surprised that Chelsea lost this game? Is that yeah. defensive yeah. Kind of, uh, like foundation not quite as strong as we thought it was? Yeah, uh, you're right. Because as you look at it, Rob, this was a game that almost took, Thomas Tuchel was saying before the game, we can't even think about the Champions League final. We've got to deal with our business here today. And he put a team out. He set a mentality. His team talks was all based around today's is important game for us. Now, I know you can talk about, well, players might have their mind on this, that and the other. Some of those players might not even be playing in the final based on maybe what you saw. Because his actions at the side was telling me he was completely disappointed with, with, with what happened today. And Chelsea got in because other, other teams didn't do their business. They lost the football game when... A win today guarantees them a place in, in, in top four. They'll go into that Champions League final wanting to win and what? not sure what he's going to get. So I I, did, I thought it was, listen, you, you take what, what you've done and what the work they've done over the season, certainly since Tuchel's come in, it's, it's been enough now to get them into Champions League. But I don't think he would have liked what he saw today, Rob. Mm. I don't think he would have liked the manner that his team lose going into a big major final. Uh, with this talk about Mendy... Possibly got rib injuries. We're going to, going to be scanned tomorrow. So we'll see how that plays. So that didn't all work out. And again, he made a big point, Rob, about the lack of goals that this team score. He made a really big point about saying, the, the, the issue is obvious. We do not put the ball in the back of the net. Hmm. Yeah, and it's something that Roman Abramovich is, is going to try and fix. And we're already hearing, Rob, that they're trying to offer deals, offer players. 
mm. Tottenham Hotspur to get Harry Kane. Now, we think that's probably the least likely given the relationship with the two football clubs. Daniel mm. Levy has history with Chelsea and other players that he didn't sell to Chelsea, etc., etc. There's been some big games that have meant a lot in the league. So, you know, that's something that continues to be a problem for Chelsea, even though they spent oodles of cash on Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. You know, they have Tommy Abraham that scored goals in the past. They've got creative players and, and other uh, Pulisic and Mason Mount. So it seems to be a, a continued problem for them. Just zooming forward to the Champions League final, Rob, is that going to... I mean, the results of Chelsea of late have not been good. How can they yeah. beat Man City in the yeah, final? Yeah, I know. In a game where they have to beat Aston Villa, and yes, I know there's 10,000 Villa fans in there, they're hell. But in a game when you set up and you, and you can't get past Aston Villa to get to the... To the listen, Rob, who, who, who knows? There's times that this team have looked well set up, that we've seen them in Europe and they play good football, gets like to Madrid in, in, in teams. So we shouldn't definitely not write them off. But, uh, you know, we'd have to say Manchester City's start is, is, is big favourites in that game. Um, and I just my, my worry again for, for Spurs is where the goals are, are going to come. Just on your point with with the Chelsea and Spurs situation with Harry Kane, what I would say, Rob, is in these very special times, a hundred plus a hundred two hundred twenty million pound deal doesn't come past your door very often. If Roman Abramovich is happy to sign a hundred twenty million check for Harry Kane, Spurs will listen. Yeah, they will listen. It'll just be. Okay, who else? Who's going to match that? Because that's what it might be. Yeah. It might be that. Yeah. And there's some players, there's some good players at Chelsea that, that Spurs mm. can really, really need. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll do yeah. We'll do shows and we'll talk about that a little bit mm. uh, closer to the Champions League final. Let's just swing round to Leicester City, Rob, and let's just give yeah. you a little bit of data and fact here. Beginning of April, Leicester City, beginning of April, that's last month, mm. 10 points ahead of Liverpool Football Club. Mm. And now they've been pipped by them, and they've fallen away like last year. Last year, they finished fifth. They won one of the last five games, Leicester, to finish fifth and to drop out the top four. They've done exactly the same, my friend. They've won one out of the last five games and finished fifth. Now, I can speak like for five minutes solid now about what a good job Brendan Rodgers has done. Yeah. The football club, the young players, the way that it's run, it's a model for all clubs outside of the biggest six, uh, six teams. Um, and the recruitment's been marvellous there. And is it, and I'll throw it to a question to you, is it just that the squad is not big and at this time of the season, some of these players are exhausted? Or is there something more to it? Is there more to, like, the manager just 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 dragging these players over the line to finish, to win? Of course, mm. we know they won the FA Cup. Tremendous day in their history. I get that. But I just, like, that's twice now, Robbie Earl. Mm. Is there more to it? more to the manager maybe and the player's bottle ability or whatever you want to call it or is it that I kind of suspect a little bit that they just they're, they're blimmin' knackered they're exhausted at this point mm. of the season I, I think we've got to pay pay uh, respect to what Leicester have done and who they are you know when you talk about wage bill transfers you know net balance I mean I looked at the two teams today and I, I could only find places for two Spurs players in a combined 11. Harry Kane and Young Min Son. Maybe a Gareth Bale, depending on where we are. Everywhere else, I'd pick Leicester players. I had Pereira, Castagna, Fafana, Soyuncu, and Didi Tielemans wouldn't change any of them. I'd take the goalkeeper, Michael, before Lloris. So, there's a basis of a team there, Rob. 
the depth isn't there. The the quality of, of the opposition, I think, eventually wears on them in what's been a compressed season. So I'm absolutely giving Brendan and his team all that. And winning the FA Cup may have had a bearing. It might just have been, well, it's been a, a good season. We're in Europe and we've won the FA Cup. And, and, and many Leicester fans might say, you know what, I take the cup ahead of one Champions League. You know, we've won the FA Cup for the first time. I get all that. I'm just with you on that. I hope because of the team, because of the individuals, because of the manager, that we don't end up thinking, hmm, is Brendan just not getting it over the line? Are some of these players just not quite good enough? Because, and I know it's hard to make comparisons, and I know it's different times and different things, but Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United drove his football club, whether they'd won a League Cup, an FA Cup, a League title, a Champions League title, European whatever, to win the next thing, to, to get over the line. And and I just hope that Brendan Rodgers does the same thing. He may do it in a different style. It might not be the same personality, but I just hope he doesn't let, give his team out, Rob, that it's been quite a good season still at Leicester. We've won the FA Cup and we finished fifth. Because they're better than that. They could have finished fourth, Rob. The 2-1 up, managed the game a little bit better. I yeah. know for fun they came off, it was a, was, a, was a bit of a lot. But this team can do it, Rob. This team are good enough. Yeah, you know, when you look back at their last kind of week or so, Rob, and now they're in the Euro- Europa League football, they'll miss out on the kudos and the, and the dollars available mm-hmm. in the Champions League. For the longer-term growth of the football club in the direction that it's going right now, which is a, is a great direction, would they yeah. have been better off losing the FA Cup final and finishing the top four spots? Listen, I, I'm just asking you. I'm just being yeah. devil's advocate because I think I know what I'd say to it, and I'll say, "Yeah, I'll take, the FA, I'll take the FA Cup." Yeah, I think I'll take the FA Cup. But but do you know what I mean for future development yeah, and finances yeah, yeah. and moving this club forward? Would they have been better off losing that one That's and cool. winning this one? Money and, and and where they want to be and being in that four and all just. Maybe the mental thing of breaking in and, and not falling out, Rob, might, might itself have been a big thing for the football club. The FA Cup is absolutely, no doubt, a lift and, and, and a brilliant thing for them to do. And well done, they've now won a league title and they've won, won an, an FA Cup. And, and just, I also, Rob, just have to say, just think of the comparison of the two teams, by the way. Tottenham Hotspur. I haven't won, a cup, I haven't won anything for, for so long. You know, not challenging the top four. This, this is Leicester. Who, who Tottenham Hotspur would, would give anything for to be in their place right now. That's how well they've done. And so it may be, it may be a bit picky for us to, to want that bit more. But you just see Brendan, you see that group of players. And I just thought, they'd be a brilliant addition to Champions League. It'd be different. They'd be different. They'd be novel and new and hungry. And it's a shame we're not going to see them there. I want to swing it to Spurs, Rob, because I watched this game closely today. We were all kind of assigned different games in, yeah. in today's kind of action. And... Uh, I want, you know, I think before the game, we were thinking, well, which, which Spurs is going to turn up here? Because we've seen yeah. all different types of Tottenham this season, all different types of Tottenham's before Jose, after Jose, good after yeah. Jose, not so good after Jose. Um, mm. It was always a, a potential dangerous game for Leicester. But I was watching this game, like, and I know that Leicester got the first goal through the penalty. Spurs yeah. were up for it. Spurs were up for it. They were lively. They were powerful. Mm. They finished strong. We all know about the ability that Gareth Bale has. He came off the bench, he scores a couple of goals, and they kind of, ran all over Leicester towards the end of their rob. And, and it made me think, well, fair play, Spurs, for turning up and the quality that they yeah. had. But where was that? Where was that Spurs over the last couple of months? Where was that consistency? Where was that desire? Where was that drive? It was like, there's something on today and we're not, we're not where we want to be. And whether, it's, whether it's trying to finish ahead of, um, 
of Arsenal or European football, whatever, they qualify for the Europa Conference League, which I'm sure they're thrilled about. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, Rob, that there was a mm. Spurs today and there was driven Spurs today. And I'm like, wow, you know, I, I was surprised. And so I want, I want your take on that and where you think Spurs are right now. Then we will move it on to Harry Kane, Rob, and, mm. and um, you know, what his, his, I think his words over the last couple of weeks are interesting and also where we think he might go. So give me your, give me your take on Spurs as, I guess, as a, as a season summary, um, particularly on the back of what you saw today. Well, what I saw on Spurs would absolutely make me livid if I, as a Spurs fan because, as you say, it's it, these these days in there where it, where it starts to look like the potential starts to look like what it is. But I don't trust I don't trust many Spurs players, Rob. I don't trust them. I don't I don't believe that I can get some. I don't believe I can get a certain number seven eight out of ten on a regular basis. And and while that happens, Spurs are going to be in trouble. Spurs are going to be sitting outside the top four and looking up, and even six or seven. Until somebody goes into that football club, somebody makes a accountability, somebody makes decisions on a group of players, Rob, who we've been talking from the potch time. Yeah, is Dyer good enough or not? Alderweireld good enough or not? You know, Doherty good enough or not? Regulon good enough or not? Bergwijn good enough or not? I mean, I, I could continue. We, the, the, there's, there's, there's a Spurs type of player now who. On his day, is a talent, is 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 a, is a great player. Deli Ali, you know, where are we with the, with so many of these players? Rob, you can't go into a season, you can't go into games with your fingers crossed that it's a day when we're going to play well. That, that gives you no consistency. Listen, we're going to talk Kane in a second. Um, we, we're getting some starting to get some questions coming in, and we're going to get yeah. questions from time to time during this show. Um, we got a question from Benjamin Osborne, and let's address that before we talk about Kane. Uh, okay. The question is, what are the realistic expectations for Spurs next season? First with Kane and second without Kane. So let, in, in, let's get to that in a second, Rob. Let's just talk about yeah. Kane. Start with, then we're going to figure out whether it's going to be with or without. Mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. of all, is he going to leave? Is Harry Kane, is Daniel Levy going to take the money I've, I've, and sell him? I've got an optimistic Spurs um, friend of mine who said, everybody's reading this wrong that Harry, you know, Harry Kane said he'd love to play with Kevin De Bruyne. They're reading it wrong. Spurs are going to sign De Bruyne and De Bruyne will be playing for Spurs next season. <laughs> They're going to be playing together. Um, yeah, I, I love your optimism, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't think Harry, I, I don't think Harry will, will be at that football club sort of next season, Rob. There were scenes at the end, he was hugging with Bale and Delhi and the backroom staff and it looked more than an end of season. Oh, you've won the golden boot. I said before, he's, out, he's outgrown the football club. He's done his time. There was a big night in Zagreb in March when they went. They were 2-0 up, went to Zagreb, lost 3-2 in the Europa League. He walked off with his face that told you everything about, it's time for me, I've got to be in the big stuff. He wants to be on the levels of Messi and Ronaldo's and those players. He wants to win things collectively in teams as well as individually. He's won the Golden Boot again. He will be at a club playing Champions League football next season. I believe in England because he wants to go for that. That that um, I, I think he'll be in Manchester, Rob. Yeah, I, I think I think Man City is a club that he wants to go to. And mm. just quickly on that, I mean, wow! Can you can you imagine how good this team oh. would be with him, with those midfield players, with yeah. the options of the holding players, with their improved defensive side of things, with their young goalkeeper that's still very, very, very good. 
Um, I, I think that's where he wants to be. But I'll tell you what, just researching this weekend, Rob, it was back in, oh, I think it might have been January, uh, where Pep said, we can't afford it. We can't afford. He said, I'm almost certain in his kind of like mm. his, in his dialect or whatever, almost certain that we won't be buying an expensive striker this summer. Now, I'm sure our listeners, our viewers, our followers would say, roll their eyes and like, well, we've heard that before. And they're right. Yeah. We kind yeah. of have heard that before. But I, I still, I still, I still think he generally believed that at the time. Now, it was kind of in the middle of the pandemic and finances, yeah. et cetera. And it's tough for all the clubs without revenues from match day, et cetera, et cetera. So he said that they wouldn't be, but I, I, is that I've got to guess. I've got to guess they would, Rob. I've got to deep down think they would. And even if it's a bit of player acquisition as well, you know, yeah. an RK or a Mendy or, you know, one or two players who might be on the fringe for him that he might be prepared to let go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, Manchester United would need, need him more. Um, mm. given what they've got there. I know Cavani has extended a year, but I think that would be a, they would need him more. And, and I listened mm. to uh, someone from the UK, Robin, who's talking about if Sir Alex Ferguson was manager right now, mm. he would be camped outside his house. He'd be getting yeah. in a headlock and saying, listen, yeah. you're going to come to my football club. Yeah, that, absolutely. That pressure. And that may have happened. I'm not sure Ardegan and Solskjaer is doing that. And he might end up going there. We have to mm. wait. Back to the question. Yeah, uh, go back to Ben's question. Who, who was the expectations for Spurs? What do you think for, for next season for Spurs? It, um, we have to, I think we're going to assume, by the way, that it's without Kane. I think we've got to assume. Yeah, uh, absolutely without Kane. Um, I'm thinking similar to where we are now, Rob. I'm thinking six, seven, eight. I mean, what 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 gives me anything more that, that I think they're gonna you know be firing start the season well breaking? Don't know if Kane's gone. Don't know what's got happening with Bale. You got to think about Son then. Where does he look at things? You know, questions about players. I've talked about new managers coming in. There won't be an awful lot of money to spend. Although if, if you get the Kane money, I'm sure some of that will be. But I'm sure Daniel Levy's going to want some back himself. I think this club is at a crossroads, Rob. A really big crossroads. And it's a huge summer for Tottenham. The appointment of, uh, and the recruitment this summer will decide how, how competitive they are. But it, it's, it's a bit of a worrying time. Listen, I know there's uncertainties over Harry Kane and Bale as well. But when you see them play today, Rob, and when they can look so strong and so dominant, and I get, of course, Kane scores goal or whatever, um, they ain't that bad, mate. They're not, they're, it's not a bad squad. There's some good players in there. You know, and, and by the way, just kind of breaking news a little bit. I just checked um, the news sites and stuff. Apparently, apparently, Gareth Bale has decided what he's going to do for next season, but he's not going to announce it until after the Euros. And then we've got a quotes there because it could cause could cause chaos. Ooh. Ooh. What the heck that means, I don't that know. That doesn't sound as good if you suppose. <laughs> it doesn't. And you worry no. about, oh, yeah. rivals may have grabbed him because of the comment. So... Uh, you're right, Rob. I think the appointment of manager is everything. Mm. It's not somebody that can reinvigorate, can re-excite the fans, can, can connect with the fans, and also offer a strong new direction, because that's what this club yeah. is. Yeah. Strong, yeah. A strong yeah. manager. And I guess, like, so I'm given attributes of who I'd like to see. I'm not sure there's many guys that, that tick the box. But that's what they need. Experience, mm. strong, maybe younger, to, to try and reinvigorate this club. Now, Again, looking at the potentials, um, Brendan Rodgers is, is, is ruled himself kind of out of it. If I'm Dan yeah. Levy, a little bit like 
Sir Alex Ferguson, he would be a, a perfect choice for this football club. Why doesn't Daniel Levy try harder, hard, hard to get Brennan Rodgers? Why not? Go and get the – again, Leicester fans, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm just taking it from a Spurs point of view. The owner of that football club, who's the best man to do the things I've just talked about, style of play, working with young players, experience, been almost, you know, he's won the FA Cup, he almost won the Premier League with Liverpool Football Club. Should he try harder to get Brendan Rodgers, Rob? I hear it, but I also would say, if I'm Brendan, if I'm Brendan Rodgers, I've got an ownership group that adore me and like what I'm doing. I've got recruitment in the whole network that brings me good players. I might be better off at, at Leicester, by the way. It might take me two or three years. My reputation might get hurt at going to Spurs, as we've seen with Jose Mourinho, who couldn't it sort out. One of the best, they say, in the business. I know different style. I'm, I'm not convinced it's as big a, as big a pull as it, as it was, Rob. But it's, it's a job that needs two or three years of sorting out. It needs 60,000 people, 60,000 in that stadium. I, I get that. I get that. But 60,000 people don't win you the game. 60,000 people don't don't give you transfer money that says go and buy this one, go and buy that one, which Daniel Levy isn't going to do. It should do. We'll be selling Ben Sherwell on the players. Every should, but that isn't, isn't the way that, that Spurs are. And, and because of that, I just don't think it's quite the appeal. It looks like more managers are starting to go, ooh, I'm, I'm not so sure about that one. Nuno might be an interesting per, person to, to have on your list who could come in and, and bring a brand of football with a, a level of, of quality player that is interesting. Roberto Martinez. Uh, keep hearing that one, yeah. A lot of shouts as well. It, it, listen, mm-hmm. I've talked about um, Stephen Jarrod a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's too big a job too early. Yeah. But mark yeah. words, this guy is going to be in the Premier League sooner rather than later. A friend of mine is a Celtic, mm-hmm. uh, Glasgow Celtic fan, and he's like nothing but impressed the job that he's done with the media, with the style of football, with the unbeatable part of their season. I mean, he's done an amazing job, Robert. And yeah. he'll want to jump to the Premier League surely at some point. Liverpool, I'm sure, will be maybe a dream for him a little later. Is, yeah. is Spurs, is that too much of a risky move? I'm t- you know, I've just talked about a new direction. Excite the fans. Get respect from the players. There's quite a few box boxes get ticked with Steven Gerrard. Or is it just, am I just in cuckoo land? Is it too early for him? Too early. I'm, I'm afraid it'll be a bit like Frank. Listen, I'm not saying he wouldn't do a brilliant job, but it, it just feels a bit too early for me, mate. And um, Couldn't you be no, lucky to a manager, Rob, that's got a big future in the game? And maybe you can be a little bit more patient than Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm not sure that Stephen Gerrard again. I'm not saying he wouldn't want the job because, because of course he, he would. But is that the right job for Stephen Gerrard to take in lieu of wanting to go to Liverpool? I think if he continues to do well at Rangers and, and win things and maybe getting into Europe and, and um, sample Champions League football, I think he go he can go straight from Rangers to to Liverpool. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. 
because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle, follow your crave. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget <laughs> well oh yeah that happens so start clean with clorox use clorox products as directed rinse after use if in contact with food surface Listen, Rob, let's just jump jump back to, uh, obviously, the story of the day, Manchester City winning the title. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to the other stories and, and hopefully some qu- more questions a little later. Um, but just to, just have a quick line. We've spoke all season about City. and mm. then We've talked mm. about them many times when they won the, the title today. Give me a little line, Rob, what you felt today at the Etihad, um, what you felt when Pep Guardiola was very emotional talking about Sergio mm. Aguero. Aguero comes on, scores two goals. Um, just, just give us kind of a summary of, of what you feel about Man City and what they've done this season and, and Sergio Aguero. There's sometimes Man City get a, a bad rub of things that we, we think about the money and we think about the investment and we think we don't think about the individuals. We don't think about the, the stand, style of football, the standard of football, the quality with, with, with what they play, the, the difference that they play. I, I, I heard a really good... At, um, radio discussion this week, Rob. And it was an Everton fan who was saying, you know, Everton, the home form's really bad. And he said, they miss the fans. And, and the, the counter-argument was, well, every every home team misses a fan. You can say that about everybody. And it got me thinking, I started to think, and, and this is a compliment to Manchester City in some ways, they're, they're, the way they play football, Rob, isn't dependent on fans, isn't dependent on individuals. It, 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 it's, a, it's a brand of almost this clinical, pure football that outside influences don't really affect. Opposition don't affect. <laughs> it's, 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 it was weird. As I was thinking, I was thinking, they're probably the only team who, whether they've got 50,000 fans, of course they won the fans, of course when you celebrate, it's great to go in a crowd. But that football that they play, Rob, yeah. isn't built on intensity. It's built on what they do, regardless of what else is happening around. And it puts a stranglehold for the most part. When yeah. it's done well, and when Pep's football is at his very best, and we saw it at, at Bayern, we saw it before many years at uh, Barcelona. When that football's going great, it, it's like it, it puts the opponents in like a straitjacket. Yeah, uh, they can't get out, and it's always a matter of time before City go through and score. I mean, it, it, again, we've talked about it a lot, Rob, and, and again today, comfortable individuals doing what they do. Kevin De Bruyne yeah. sits in, Aguero comes on. Um, just a side of Pep Rob that I don't think I've seen, by the way, in terms of being like getting emotional afterwards. Yeah, talking about a player. Now, again, I I, I could be wrong. I'm, of course, I haven't seen everything that he's done uh, in Bayern in Barcelona, but yeah, he's not somebody who'd strike as being particularly emotional. I think that's part of his makeup. He's he's kind of can be quite cold in in press conferences, yeah. etc. But today, talking about Sergio Aguero, as that you said mentioned, uh, I think just off camera in the show today. You know, he hasn't always felt like he's been, he's really loved Sergio Aguero with the way that yeah, he the yeah. games. But today, the the reality was there. And the, the respect he has as a player, but also a human being, came through, Rob, with the, with the words and with the emotion that he spoke with regarding Sergio Aguero. 
I thought it was Essa. I thought we saw another side of Pep, which actually was endearing Rob, because at times he can put on that press facade and you know back the questions off and not really think. We saw who this guy is. We saw a little bit of why players love him, about their relationships, about how he how he works with them. You know the the emotional side, how he said Sergio Aguero's helped him to be a better manager and tested him and what he does and how he does it. Yeah. It was um, I thought it was a side of Pep that. It was a little peek behind the, the curtains of Pep and, and stuff we don't see in that age relationship with players. And as you say, it's not. I've always thought that that relationship was a, was a bit strange. It's not like both parties don't quite appreciate each other. The words he said after, and I think you said it was, as we were watching it, never heard him talk about any player with that. And he's had Lionel Messi and, and Iniesta and Javi and all those. Puyol. Mm. But mm. wow, it was it was emotional. And, and he, he knows the role that Sergio Aguero has played at that football club. Again, we've got a quick question come through. I guess on the topics mm. that we're talking about, Rob, we can we can get some questions and, and throw some answers. Yeah. We've got a question here from Kenny in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis says, is Sergio Aguero the most underrated Premier League superstar of all time? Interesting. Yes. I'm not that you know you know me must you know me must be in my in, in my purest. How is he underrated? Is it, because he, if, I don't think for one, maybe pre- Premier League team of the year. Very rarely makes it. PFA Player of the Year or Premier League Player of the Year very rarely gets it. it it's taken for granted that this guy's going to get you 20-plus goals in every season because that's what he does. We don't we, we stop valuing what he does and, and, and why he's one of the greats of the game. He's had, brilliant, he's had great moments. He's had big moments. He was the one player, I would say, if I've got a one-on-one and I could chuck any centre-forward in there, let Sergio take it. They don't come around very often, mate, do they? Strikers no. can come into this Premier League and do what he's done with the titles that he's won, with the goals that he's scored, the way that he plays. Mm. I worked on La Liga, watching him play for Atletico Madrid, and I used to say in commentary, wow, he, he would be a great fit for the Premier League. And mm. Thankfully for the league, he came. Thankfully for Manchester City, he came and, and lit it up with some of his football. I mean, like we, we talk about, and this is maybe the question here, and, and more I think about it, Maybe he's got a point there. Like, I mean, he's right up there, Rob, with the with oh. greatest Premier League player in, in that group. It should, it should be. He, he very rarely gets in the conversation, though, Rob. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about Premier League greats in, in the Premier League Hall of Fame. When, when once have you heard his name been mentioned? Premier League Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But he'll be in it. Absolutely sure he's going to be yeah, in it. He will be in it. Mm. Yeah. They're going to go through and, um, and try and put everybody else. They'll get everybody else in there, kind of catching up a little bit. But he'll he'll certainly be in it. Um, right, let's let's just swing it around before we take some questions, Rob. We're going to swing it around just to other stories from the day. Anything that's on your mind that that we ought to get to? Um, some of the other scores, some of the other football clubs we haven't talked about too much. I do want to quickly talk about Arsenal, Rob, because I think obviously there's a ton of Arsenal fans in uh, in America, and they've had a tough yeah. time. We know some of the tough choices that Mikel Arteta's had to make. Uh, yeah, rid of a lot of players that were big names that have been around the club for a long time. There was fallouts with Pierre uh, Emerick Aubameyang. You know, we had to bring in young players that maybe were yeah. a little, a little uh, early for, for what they wanted. Uh, he's managed it pretty well, and they've had. There's a stat that I checked out before today's show from Boxing Day. If the season started at Boxing Day, which is kind of a while ago, they'd be third. Kind of sneaky results, Rob, where mm. there's signs of improvement. And I know that in, in different moments in the Europa League, getting out of that, 
and he's had some difficult moments. I've always thought yeah. managers that as long as a, as, a, as a supporter, you can see where they're trying to go. You can see mm. that there's, there's, there's kind of forward memo, uh, momentum. I know that's yeah. where Arsenal fans have been. And when they look at their club in 12th place or whatever it, it has been, it's tough to understand that. All I would say is this, Rob, and I'm going to throw it over to you with this question. I don't think you can bring any world-class manager into Arsenal Football Club this season or in the last six months or right now and, and should expect too much different with the squad that he's got there and the tough decisions and the Meza Ozil situation and other players leaving the football club and signings that weren't really as good as what they expected. I'm thinking of William mm. Pepe, to be fair, has looked better recently, got the two goals today. Yeah. I just I just I just think no, listen, it's a tough it's a tough sell for Arsenal fans to get excited. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I still think the club has got the right people in charge. I think it's been an incredibly difficult season, but there are signs of steps forward. And the results over the last, well, since, I guess, middle of December or whatever, they're not awful. And the ownership now, we saw Josh Kroenke, I think, in the stands today, we're watching again. The ownership, yeah. this is the time. This is the time to back the manager. And I know they spent money before on players that haven't worked out, but trust Edu as director of football. Trust Mikel Arteta. Trust those two to make the right cause of trying to improve this team through recruitment and through money spent. I'm sorry that huh, it is, isn't it? It's a money game. And Arsenal have got very expensive tickets. They're, they've got a big old stadium now, which they're starting to fill again. It's the time for the ownership to put a bit back into that club and try and strengthen the squad. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't disagree with any of that. What I would say is... Some well, point. Pause, there. pause that moment. I just want to. Apparently, we've we've just a quick a quick mention to our listeners on Twitter Spaces. Again, this is a kind of experimental podcast a little bit. Um, we've temporarily lost you, my friend, on that platform, but we're working to try and get him reconnected. Um, reminder, of course, you can listen to the full conversation on the Two Robbies podcast. Um, yeah, and we'll continue this conversation, Rob, on the podcast, and we're desperately trying to get you back on Twitter Spaces. I think there's a mm. few people on there, Rob, that. And again, just thanks for you guys and try and stay patient. We'll try and get Rob connected again. Okay, back to you on Arsenal, my friend. Yeah, what I would say is that um, it's been a difficult, it's a difficult football club. It's had many problems from the end of Wenger through Unai Emery, Freddie Lundberg having a bit and, and Arteta. I think addition by subtraction, getting rid of some of those players and the bad eggs and the people who weren't right for the football club. There was a really interesting line this week, Robbie Musso, that Mikel Arteta said over the past year, 18 months, where he said, there's some people at the football club who were working against the team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it was a very strong statement. He said, those people are out the way now, whether that's just playing staff, whether that's other people involved. And, and I get what he's saying, because I've, I've always said, there's sometimes some clubs, these people around football clubs who, for some reason, don't want success or, or, or work in against it. So... They're in a better place. What I would say for Mikel Arteta is, I hope he's got the vision that we think he's got. I hope he's, he's working in the manner that we believe we hear good things about training and, 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 and what he's trying to instill a culture at the football club. But at some point, Rob, like every other manager in the league, he'll have, he'll have to have some targets about what is success and what is progression. It can't be an ongoing, well, it's Mikel, it's transitioning. At some point, we've got to say, okay, 
we've got to be top six, you know, is our next step. And then we've got to trade, go from six to four. And then we've got to go from there, there. I think, like every other manager in the league, he's got to feel there's some pressure with this job. Yeah, and, and, and that, that I think naturally comes when you're, you're at the size of the club of Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give us a quick a little, a little summary there. You know, the fans have had to be patient on it. Um, we'll see what they do in the summer. Um, again, Rob, just flicking around other results. Uh, Manchester United won at Wolves 2-1. Nuno Espirito Santo, um, his last day as manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Mm. A little surprised at that. Again, you know what? With this podcast, Rob, we could literally spend hours. Uh, and every yeah. time there's big stories, we can't get to all of them or give it the detail that we'd like to. But again, Nuno, uh, we'll see how that comes back. Let's reconnect on this, Rob maybe a couple of months into the new season because he's done a yeah. job there. And what we're hearing was that it was kind of the club, the ownership that just felt mm. that it may be time to move in a different direction. And that kind of initiated this parting of the ways. I know it goes down as a as mutual consent, but that would yeah. be dangerous, dangerous, I, I think. And, and, and I know they got, they've had good recruitment with George Mendes. Um, but wow, they got to get this appointment right, Robbie, because we've seen how precarious life in the Premier League is when Sheffield United go from 9th to 20th. Um, but that, that's Wolverhampton Wonders. Manchester United, Rob, uh, they got a victory today. They're going to Europa League final uh, this midweek, com- coming against Villarreal. Any yeah. reason for the United fans to be a little concerned for that? We know that Maguire is a big question mark, or yeah. they should get the job done? They should get the job done. Uh, the Maguire thing is, is a miss. His influence, I think, is, is bigger than some people think. Uh, just look at it. You know, the amount of time he's played, the, the players he's played with, the record and clean sheets. Um, Attacking-wise, you would just like to feel United would, would have too much. They've had a good look at, the, at this competition. They, you know, they've cemented the place in second place. They were able to play some of the not-so-star names in, in, in this game. So, everything should be ready for, for, for a Wednesday victory. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has said, winning some silverware is important for this dressing room, this club and this team to start habits, to get them back to the ways they were. And so it's an important final, this, for for, for, Europe, for Oli and his team. Some might say, well, it's only the Europa League. You know what? It's, it's a trophy. It's, a, yeah. it's Champions League football and it starts to build the, the legacy that Oli's trying to, trying to instill at the football club. He needs it, Rob, doesn't he, as a manager? He yeah. needs yeah. to say, listen, is the Europa League title. There you go. Boom. Jose did it. I did it as well. Jose got your second. Yeah. I got second as well. And that would go on to maybe attract more players in the summer um, and try and kick on the football club into next season. I just thought, yeah. another club, Rob, I, I know we've talked about the game, but Everton, Everton Football Club, are going to finish the season 10th. 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 5-0 today. Now, I kind mm. of had a little bit of a rant about uh, Everton, I think, on the last podcast or certainly on our area. Yeah. Bit, yeah. About, Hang on a minute. Wasn't it meant to be better than this? What are you thinking? And the great man, Carlo Ancelotti, that's more, mm. won more trophies than I've had at dinners, probably. Um, is he underperforming with the money and the squad available? Was it 12th last season, 10th this? I think it was 12th. It's not really the, pro, it's not really the progress that, that you, you, we would be expecting. Yeah, they were 12th last season, Rob. Um, Disappointing. Such a good start to season. Was it seven games in all competitions um, at the start of the season? In great form, Calvert-Lewin scoring. 
And as Rodriguez influencing things with Shawson, the setup with yes, they've had some injuries. Alan Alan being out and, and um, was a loss and Decore at certain times, um, some defensive issues. But every team has this year. Um, and again, I, I'm an Ancelotti lover. I think they've got a good manager. I've said before, there's lots of good things about this football club. But again, you've got to start. Del- you have, you have, in the Premier League, you've got to start delivering. There's got to be progress. You've got there's money being spent. Maybe not the big money that someone, but there's money being spent. There's a decent group of footballers there. There's mm. a club that should be sitting five, six, seven. Mm. It, it's got to have the ambitions of Leicester City, hasn't it, Everton? They've got to win a cup. They've got to win a domestic cup. Win something, by the way. Let's let's get back, back to winning things, Everton. Let's get yeah. back to getting to Wembley again and 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 and, and the, the great Everton teams that we've seen. It's like that's all lost at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and I, I know it's a little bit like Arsenal, where the fans are, are, mm. are, are, are being patient, really. And yeah. open, I mean, all I would say is that they've got. It seems like they've got a very good owner. You know, yeah. Ken Wright. You know, being right there, and the new stadium, Rob, that looks like it's going to be incredible. Mm. So, it, I, I think it will come. It's just like it must be frustrating for the Everton fans that want to be oh, there. They want to be in the race today for the top four, etc. I know the target, by the way, and Ancelotti made no, he wasn't hiding this at all, was European football. And you so six, yeah, six. And, and, and 10th is a long way back mm-hmm. from that. Just finally, Rob, in terms of teams that we want to hit, um, let's, let's end on a, on, a, on a good time story and a, and a big achievement from, from a manager in a club that yeah. we just didn't expect them to finish sixth. West Ham United qualifies for the Europa League. David Moyes... Seemingly, really, not out of nowhere with his managerial career, but certainly took a, a couple of steps back given mm. the jobs that he, that he took. Um, did a really good job of West Ham in an emergency mode the season before last. Back again now and showing Rob that he earns a longer term contract. And I tell you what, today I watched the Fonaz's goals and the celebration. Yeah, there was yeah. Some noise in that stadium, and we know it's mm. a difficult stadium to get atmosphere, and we know it's not a big crowd in there today. But I think those fans appreciate David Moyes now, Rob, a lot more than they, they maybe have done in the past and give him the time, you know, to build this David mm-hmm. Moyes West Ham. Sixth spot, mate, is pretty yeah. damn good. Sixth spot ahead of Arsenal. Cool. And ahead of Spurs. who should hang their head in shame of what David Moyes has done about building a team, building some spirit, getting some consistency, knowing it players you can trust, Rob, you know. Michael Antonio's and and and, and Creswell and, and and you know Sufal and Suchak are, are kind of they're not they're not the some would say they're not the pedigree of, of some of the, the Spurs players and the Arsenal players, but they're enough give it give him everything every week. And from sixteenth last season, Rob, to sixth is remarkable. And to do it in the way he's done it. And and when I, when I was thinking about this game yesterday, I was thinking that Remember the Sam Allardyce interview last week? And I said, it, it was quite touching where Sam almost was like, the game's moved on for me. It's like you think I'm, I'm, I'm pigeonholed as Sam with a long ball and Sam. And he almost was like, there isn't a space for me anymore in the Premier League, whether he'll get one of them firefighting jobs. But that actual day-to-day football is a bit like, well, Sam's old news. And in some respect, David Moyes was going down that road. People were thinking David Moyes is old school in old way. And yeah. I tell you what, he ain't half fought back. He ain't half been current. He hasn't half brought a group together and mm. got sixth place Europa football. He's my manager of the year, by the way. Mm. Right now, he's my manager of the year. I know yeah. Pep can win the treble and Brendan Rodgers won the FA Cup. And 
David Moyes is my manager here with that group of players. When he sells his centre forward in January and has the confidence to say, I'm not going to waste the money, we'll wait until the summer. Wow. Well played, David Moyes. Yeah, the, the values, some of the old, you know, seen as old school values are still very current of work yeah. ethic, of organisation, of structure, you know, and of, of lower risk taken defensively. Yeah, done a, done a brilliant job. And I, for one, wasn't super excited when he first went into West Ham. But I think with, with everybody else, I think he's confused a lot of people, Rob, that, that he was the right man and doing a brilliant job at that football club. Yeah. Where else are we going to go, mate? Have, have we got anything else to wrap up on on, on this great season? Well, the, the relegated teams, I mean, I, you know, you, you think of Fulham, Sheffield United who, and West Brom. Who do, you think, who do you think of those three, Rob? Who, who do you think's the likeliest to jump straight back of those three teams? You've got West Brom will have another man just so that, obviously... Will, will, be, will be different. Fulham have, have got their guy and Sheffield United, somebody else. So there's two with with jobs to come. But who, who, do, you, who do you fancy of those three to, to, to do a Norwich or a Watford and find well, their way back? Well, I should I should fancy Fulham because Scott yeah. Parker was there before they get relegated. Yeah. He brings them back up again. Mm-hmm. And assuming he stays on, I just don't like the seven lone players, I think, that were involved in the first team over the last couple of weeks, which means he's got to rebuild again. They can do yeah. that. It won't be easy. I would say Sheffield United, Rob, have got the best chance. The squad, yeah. you know, for the majority of their, still there, I believe, that finished ninth last season to 20th this mm-hmm. season. The managerial situation has got to be figured out. I would probably think, you know, it's, it's a, still a very good football club, very well yeah. run, a big supportive football club. I would think of those three, just Sheffield United would be my favourites to come back. Yeah, it's interesting. I get the Sheffield United one. We'll have to see who gets the job and, and how they go in. West Brom's not a bad group of players as well, you know, Rob, who, you know, shown towards the end. And if, if, if you can keep the majority of them together, uh, one or two additions and, and, and a good start, West Brom are in, in decent shape as well. So, Mateus, can we really... They can't keep Mateus Pereira, can they? West Brom. Uh, I, I can't see that, mate. He, he looks a diamond, doesn't he? I just think, if not in England, somebody, somebody you know, France, Italy, Spain, somebody yeah, will, will have watched him. He's a, yeah, he's a proper player and going to be it. Listen, mate, we finally get to the end of the 2020-21 Premier League season. Celebrate Manchester City as champions. Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, they take the Champions League spots. Europa League football for West Ham and Leicester. And Spurs are destined for Europa Conference football. We'll see how that all works out. Thanks to our friends on Twitter Spaces who um, gave us some great questions. Sorry we had a few technical issues. We'll definitely try and do that again sometime at the start of next season. It's been a strange season. It's been a different season, one full of incident and drama. Congratulations to Pep and his team for lifting the trophy and doing it in the style and the manner that only Pep can. We'll be back on Wednesday for a review of the Europa League final when Manchester United and Ollie try and get that victory against Villarreal and get that first piece of silverware in the Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer reign. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musto together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe. Be healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.